This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce brought to you by Sugar and Slice Bakery. Contact Christian at 863-326-8097 for Sugar and Slice Bakery. Located in Eagle Lake by appointment only. Custom cakes, cupcakes, cookies, cheesecakes, and pies. Order for your next party, family get-together, or company event. They're also on Facebook with lots of photos. You can reach them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash sugar and slice bakery. And also, Deuce, they have a special thing at Sci-Fi Saturdays. They do. They will be there at Sci-Fi Saturdays, Bartosa. So go and see their tent. And if you mention the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, you'll get a free cookie. Also, if you place any future order with Sugar and Slice Bakery, you will get $5 off that order if you mention the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. So for all of your pies, cakes, cupcakes, and pastry needs, you want to do Sugar and Slice Bakery. And remember, tell them that the happy, happy hour, hour with, with Johnny, Johnny and Deuce, Deuce sent you. Hi, this is Amanda from TBS King of the Nerds, and you are listening to Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We've got a special guest with us today, Amanda from TBS's King of the Nerds. We're glad to have you on the show. Hello, everybody. I am, and especially to Johnny and Deuce, I am so excited to be here. Well, awesome, awesome. Well, we are a huge, huge fan of TBS's King of the Nerds, which you can see every Friday night at eight, uh, 9 p.m., um, so you definitely yeah. want to check that out. Yep, and uh, yeah, we, we uh, if you didn't know, definitely check out our other interviews. We did Todd the Bod. Uh, we also did uh, Heather and uh, awesome interviews. Uh, but Amanda, I mean, I wow, you're awesome. Let's just say that right off the bat. You you were super cool because like we. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, because we because me I I wanted to kind of ask talk to you about this because I'm actually a parent as well. I have two kids. My my son's five and my daughter is two. And how difficult? Oh, awesome! Mine are five and three, so we're pretty close then. So awesome. there you go, awesome. Together, as parenthood. So, yeah, so I kind of felt like I connected to you in that way, and it's just like you know, because you have all these things, but also in the back of your mind, you're thinking about your family and your kids and like all that stuff. Right. Like how how difficult was it for you to leave them, and or how how you know? Because that must have been a challenge, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, when we were doing the nerd wars and helping people prepare for nerd ops and generally just living in Nerdvana, it wasn't that hard because it's not like I've ever built a Ruth Goldberg machine with my kids before or, you know, built a built a cardboard boat to swim across swim across a pool with them. So that stuff it was easier to just kind of push them to a different side of my brain and then put on my competitive hat and just do that. But um when we had days off from shooting and when we were just kind of hanging around Occidental College where we shoot the show that was harder because um, there would be a lot of families that would walk around the, the campus because it's beautiful there. There's parks and there's fountains and all this. And so there would be, you know, parents and kids and families walking around. And when I would see them, like, see other people's kids, I'd be that creepy girl in the corner who's, you know, observing and uh, really wishing that I could be at home with my kids. So that was honestly harder. It was easier to be playing the game and harder to be, you know, har- harder to miss them in my off hours. So what was the college that they taped on? Uh, it's Occidental College, and I think it's right near Pasadena. Wow, because see, that's what I've been saying for years, because the first season I thought, well, maybe that's somebody's mansion out there, and then the last season, yeah. and definitely this season, I'm like, no, that's got to be a big college, like dormitory no. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the first season was shot at a different location. I do believe yeah. that it was shot in, in like, a mansion yeah. uh, the first season. And then the second season, they moved to Occidental College, and that's where we were this season as well. 
Wow. So basically it was like a big dormitory or something that they turned into Nirvana yes. just for you guys. Uh, yes, I believe it was like a psychology building or something, actually. That is uh, awesome. Which is, which, which is funny. Yeah, it, it was awesome. It was great. So you, uh, in your TBS uh, promo, you, you mentioned you're a book blogger. Um, wh- what does that really, like, do you review books, or wh- what does that mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different things. I review books. I also, you know, will host giveaways and um, uh, host interviews with authors, and I do everything I can to promote literature to the world at large. So I, I just really love reading, and my favorite thing to do is to discuss books and not that I'm trying to, you know, rag on this generation or modern technology, but, but you know, book, bookstores are closing. Um, you know, the, the world has become more digital, which is great because there's e-books and all of that, but then readers are kind of more isolated, and it's harder to find people that are into the same books that you are. And so I think that the Internet is a way to kind of combat that. And so I decided to start my book blog to not only share my love of reading, but enhance it by getting recommendations from everyone else and discussing books and so I really try to promote a lot of discussion on my blog too because I just think that one of the coolest parts of being a nerd is getting to nerd out with everybody else and obviously that's a huge reason of why I did the show so well yeah where can they find your book blog at it is at um, appraisingpages.com so it's a-p-p-r-a-i-s-i-n-g pages.com well, definitely for our happy hour listeners out there, you definitely need to go and check that out because that sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll be pl- – Yeah, and, and I'm actually running a special promotion too while King of the Nerds is going on. I have um, all of these different collections of books that I'm giving away every Friday. I'm doing flash giveaways every Friday. So if you go to my website on Friday mornings, I'm posting uh, posting the that, that day's giveaway. And if you um, enter via my post and tweet Nerds Rule and tweet about King of the Nerds, then you're automatically entered to win. So um, everybody should definitely head over every Friday to see if you could be entered to win some great books that I have. Awesome. So definitely listen to that out there, our happy hour listeners. Go to the blog, check it out, and you said tweet Nerds Rule? Yes, you have to do it um, through my blog so that it gets entered in, because obviously I can't track every single Nerds Rule right, tweet right, out right. there. It's a great problem to have, but there's yeah. way too many. So definitely do it through my blog and so, so that you're entered to win. And I can't wait to connect with even more book lovers. Thanks for being with the Nerds. Awesome. We'll definitely plug your uh, blog in our uh, description on the episode, So because uh, I definitely want people to be able to check out that link and you know support you any way they can. Yes, and then if you go to my Twitter profile, it's in my Twitter profile, too. So if you missed it or weren't able to write it down, if you're listening in the car, you can just remember to go to my Twitter profile, and it's easy to find. Awesome. So, you know, it's funny. You mentioned about technology, and, and there's nothing like taking a brand new, tangible book with glue and paper and opening it up and just flipping through the pages and smelling that book, new book smell. You know what I mean? Like yes. This, this... Oh, book smell is the best. Yes. Oh, it's awesome. Well, it, it, it's it's like a, a pro and con for me because it's like, sure, you know, the, the Kindles and the iPads and all that, you can get so many books at just a touch, right? But it's like you don't get that tactile yeah. experience, that tangible experience of being able to sit in the corner by the fire and actually physically hold the book and like, I don't know, there's something magical to that. that right. I, no, no, I, I totally agree. And, it, and it's funny because, you know, I'm a mom and so I love e-reading because I don't have to, you know, my kids are always pulling my bookmarks out of my book. So that's really, you know, just a 
a colorful little piece of paper that's hanging out of a book is just asking for, you know, it's asking to be ripped out by a little kid. So I, I love that I can just pick up where I left off. I don't even have to think about it, and it fits in my purse. And so if baseball fits in the car, and I've got an extra half hour, I can just dive into the world of whatever book I'm reading. But I agree with you. It is sad because I am buying, you know, at least physical copies of less books than I used to. And it's also kind of frustrating because, Okay, this is this is totally a tangent. I hope you don't mind. No, but go right ahead. Isn't it frustrating? Isn't it frustrating that when you buy a movie, like if you go to Target and you buy a physical movie, there's those books inside that give you a digital copy. Why don't they do that for books? Isn't that so annoying? I hate that I have to buy both a physical copy and a digital copy if I want a copy to put on my shelf and a copy to read. Easily. I never you know even I mean? thought of that. That is a I well, I don't read, so that, that would probably be why I didn't think of it, but uh yeah, that's No I, that yeah, that is my number one pet peeve. And so yeah. when publishers, you know, are going out of business and all this, I'm like, Well you just need to catch up with the time, you know? Movie studios are still making a lot of money and you guys need to just give us those little codes so that your bookworms are happy. That's well, what I think. Well, I, you know, to use a little more of that nerd uh, nerd culture here, Deuce and I, we're big comic book readers, and Marvel actually does that. Marvel will have a code in each of the issues that will give you a digital version of it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, and of course, you know, I wish other, you know, other... Maybe it's catching on then. Yeah, yeah, other adapters, you know, other companies kind of adapting that, but I just, there's, it's just, I think you need to hit the nail on the head. I think it's the way that we're, we're, Deuce and I, we talk about this all the time on our show about how the way we consume media has changed a lot. You know, you've got Spotify, you've got Netflix, so like movies and television and music is all digital subscription-based. It's like there's not really been a, you know, other than Amazon Prime, there's not really like a subscription-based book service out there, is there? Uh, I do believe Amazon, Amazon offer one, offers one now. I think it's called, don't quote me, I think it's called Kindle Unlimited or something like that, and it is a subscription-based book service. And I, I've, heard that I've heard it has a pretty good collection, a pretty good collection. I haven't tried it myself. I definitely should. In fact, that's probably a good blog post that's waiting to be written. But, um... But yeah, I, I think that they're I think they're starting to catch on, which is great because I want everyone in the world to be reading. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, in the show and uh, in your promo that you're a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, are you fan yeah. obviously of the books, but are are you fan of the movies as well? Oh yeah, I love the movies. Actually, the movies kind of got me back into the books because I actually wasn't allowed to read them when I was little because um, my parents overreacted about the witchcraft and sorcery and stuff like that. And so I had to sneak read them. And I was able to do that for the first three because they were shorter. I think those were around like 200, 300 pages. But then once um, the fourth one came out, you know, that one jumped to, I think, 500 something pages. And I just couldn't, I couldn't finish it like at school or wherever I could be where my parents didn't know I was reading it. And so I, I kind of put them away for a while. And then when the movies kept coming out, I refused to see them because I'm a big believer in always reading the book before you see the movie. So by this time, um, I was dating who is now my husband, and he was like, look, I want to see these movies. I don't want to see them about you, so you need to catch up. And so I spent an entire summer uh, rereading the entire series, and then we like binge-watched all the movies, and it was fantastic. It was the best summer of my life. Now, do you have I always ask Harry Potter fans this? Do you have a favorite book and or favorite movie? And usually they're not the same from what I hear from people. Yeah, um, my favorite book of the series is um, Order of the Phoenix, the, the fifth one, because I just think that that book, you know, Harry Potter in the first four books is, is 
you know, definitely about Voldemort and about that overall story arc, but it's still very much contained within Hogwarts, and it's kind of about what's going on there and, you know, his classes and things like that. And then once you hit Order of the Phoenix, it's, you know, you're just, you're hit with this, you know, secret society that's been around protecting Harry when he didn't even know it. And I just think that Order of the Phoenix takes the story, like, a dozen, a dozen more levels and adds so much more to the overall world that is Harry Potter. And so Order of the Phoenix always has a special place in my heart. And do you have a favorite movie? Um, that's a good question. I think that uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite movie, just because that book has such a great ending with the time turner. It's so, it, it, it's great on so many levels, and I think that they executed that really well in the movie. And so Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite out of the movies, but it's still really hard to choose, because I think that Harry Potter is one of the cases where they did a, a pretty good job of translating the book to the movie. Well, you know, I'm going to give you a digital high five on that one because, like, I I love Prisoner Azkaban. Alfonso Cuarón yeah. is an amazing director, and he he is a master of the cinema. And if people don't know who he is, you definitely got to IMDb this guy and Google him. But he, you know, he's known for that Gravity okay. film. You know, he is fantastic. But Alfonso Cuarón, his work on Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, I was blown away by his. It felt so different from the first two movies. Now, I, I was in this Yeah, situ- it's a little darker, it's a little grittier, it's great. Yeah, I was kind of in the camp where I didn't read the books till uh, Azkaban, so it was like I had to go back. So when I saw the first two movies in theaters, I wasn't all that impressed because for me, I felt like it was just like Scooby-Doo mysteries. Like, oh, let's see who's sure, doing this. Sure. And But it wasn't until Azkaban, I was like, holy crap, this like this world yeah. is huge. These are kid movies, this is, this is incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. So Azkaban made me want to become a uh, to read the books, and then from that point on, I was hooked, and now I'm a fan of Harry Potter. Yeah, but like, I, I give all the you know obviously J.K. wrote all the things, but like I give Alfonso Cuarón his his direction made me want to become a Harry Potter fan. So like I give him a lot of credit. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look him up and, and see whatever whatever of his films I can sink my teeth into that sounds great he's a very visual very visceral type of uh, director so and it obviously sh- shows in uh, azkaban but um i it's funny because like when when you read books like obviously you've read a lot of books and you, you're a big fan of books but like like you people go back to the original classic novels like charles dickens and everything else like that like is there any like uh new books like newer books like that you could tell the audience that they need to be reading any recommendations well, let's see. Um, especially for the nerds out there, um, the science fiction nerds, my, my favorite book of all time is a science fiction novel. It's called The Sparrow by Mary Daria Russell. And I actually, if you notice in the episodes, I think you can see it the best in episode three from the outfits I'm wearing. But I have the tattoo on my left thigh, and it's actually a quote and um, a, a bird, a, a sparrow from that novel because it just means so much to me. It's just, It's an incredible book, and it's such a great example of how science fiction literature, you know, it, it kind of gets a bad rap because people think it's just about aliens and, and planets and, and all of that is fantastic too, but if you really get to the nitty-gritty of what science fiction is, it's stories about what were actually, what, what are actually very human struggles and very human stories uh, just told in these fantastic science fiction modes, and um, that book is just a perfect example for it. So I tell everyone I need to read The Sparrow by Mary Gary Russell because it's just an incredible novel. And um, let's see, other modern literature I really like. Um, another kind of gentle science fiction book, it's not it, it, it's, it's not so far out there that it's, you know, distant planets and, and 
you know, crazy aliens. So if that kind of science fiction turns you off sometimes, I always recommend um, Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. It's another, it, it, it's science fiction, but the way that the story unfolds is very gentle and very, it has very human qualities to it. And that's another great modern piece of science fiction that I recommend. Awesome. I'm definitely going to be checking those out now, making some notes for me so I can research them yes. later. Because uh, I love I love getting wrapped in. That's what's so amazing about, you know, of course, you, you go see movies. And if you're a big video game fan, you can get lost in those worlds. But this is, for me, there's nothing like getting lost in a book. Like, I, you feel like yeah. you're transported somewhere, you know? It's crazy. Exactly. Well, you know, books are books are a big commitment because they obviously take, you know, even the shortest ones take a couple hours to read. So it's automatically more engrossing because you spend more of your time, uh, you know, you know, getting lost in what it is. So I, I always feel that way too. I love film and I love movies, and and that is a completely different experience, but it'll never replace reading to me. They're they're just it's apples to oranges. Oh yeah, definitely. And we had Heather on earlier, and we were talking about uh, Lord of the Rings and and The Hobbit. Did you ever read those books? You know, this is totally detrimental to my nerd cred here, but I haven't read Lord of the Rings. It's actually one of the books that I'm actively reading. Just a second. Yes, I'm sorry, my kids are talking to me. Um, uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings is top of my to-read list because it is so, so bad on my nerd resume that I haven't read those yet. Have you seen the films? I actively avoided the films because I hadn't read them yet, so... No, I haven't. Well, it's funny because I feel like a lot of I, I feel like sometimes Hollywood has run out of good ideas, and so they they turn to books to get these. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Yeah, I feel like Hollywood has kind of run out of good ideas, so they they seem to turn to books now. A lot of movies are based on novels and you know books like that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so much great source material out there that just it, it, you know people go down there and they go look and they'll find some amazing works and and uh, I think with all the digital world and Amazon able to search for a book like the books you mentioned Amazon yeah. will recommend me other books that are like the book I just read and I think that's pretty amazing you go down this like wormhole you know of all these uh, books that you can find out and recommend and that excites me especially with technology as it gets towards the future yes yeah I I, I totally agree it's never there's never been a better day and age to be a nerd than right now. And uh, on your TBS promo, you did a uh, you had like a, a steampunk Catwoman uh, costume. Uh, was that something that you've done before, or you kind of just did for the promo? No, no, I, I I cosplay as Catwoman probably more than any other character. I've done um, Black Canary before, and um, also uh, who was it I cosplay as? I'm I'm actually creating a really cool V for Vendetta. Will be from V for Vendetta cosplay as well right now. But yeah, I, I love cosplaying as Catwoman. I do both a you know quote unquote normal version of Catwoman in this, and then a steampunk version of Catwoman too, which I which I wore for the video with my steampunk Catwoman outfit. Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in the promo. You know what's so alluring about Catwoman? She's always she's always kind of like down the middle. You're not sure exactly, you know, if she's a villain or if she's a hero, if she's, she's a mercenary. And you kind of like see both sides of the coin when you see Catwoman. Cause like she, she's struggling and she wants to make ends meet, but she, you know, she's really good at thieving. Right. So like that's, that's her skill. And like, she's enhanced in that way, but like you kind of have a soft spot for her, you know, despite, you know, all the bad choices she's made. Definitely. I, I totally agree. And she is limitless as a character because of those, 
attributes you just mentioned, you know, you never know whether or not you can trust her and you never know what she's going to do next. And that's a really, those are really fun qualities to, to emulate um, when you're cosplaying. So, you know, as dorky as it sounds, that's totally what draws me to cosplaying as her. Well, you had mentioned something as well in the show and on the promo about your uh, love of horror uh, horror films, I guess. Is, uh, do you have like certain favorite ones that you like to uh, watch? Yeah, um, oh, I, I love horror movies so, so much. Um, some of my favorites that come to mind are uh, 28 Days Later. The uh, There's debate out there whether or not it's a zombie film, but the zombie film that takes place in London, uh, 28 Weeks Later, was the sequel. And um, I also really like uh, Session 9. It's kind of a it's an independent uh horror movie that was released, I think, in the early 2000s um, that takes place in this dilapidated mental hospital that this team of uh, construction workers presents you to remove the asbestos from, and they, you know, encounter all of this crazy stuff that's going on in this mental hospital, and that's another fantastic uh, underrated horror movie. I love so Session that comes 9. To mind that I recommend it. Yeah, I love Session 9. Uh, I'm, it's so funny you yeah. mentioned it, because for me, it's... It's not like I think the problem is when people say horror film, they always think Freddy and Jason. But there's so much like dichotomy there. Like there's so many uh, genres that you could put underneath that, under that horror umbrella. Mm-hmm. And Session Nine makes me uneasy. It makes it's unsettling to watch that. Like it gives. Oh, me... it's so yeah. The the, the score is amazing. I immediately went after I saw the movie. You know, this was back before I think it was even available as a digital download, so I went, like, to Amazon and ordered the CD that was delivered to my house. But um, I immediately went and ordered the soundtrack and the score for the movie because, yeah, unsettling is the perfect word to describe it. It's eerie, it's creepy, it's great. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned it because, like, I, I was actually thinking about Session 9 a couple of weeks ago because a friend of mine was like, hey, what's a really good movie that I can watch? And, and I, it's not really, you know, it's underrated. I'm like, well, Session 9, you've got to see that movie. But I said, you've got, you've got yep. really be focused on that movie because that, that movie is going to make you think it's going to give you, uh, it gave me goosebumps. I don't know about you, but that, that movie freaked me out in, in, a, in a psychological oh, way, very psychological, very Hitchcockian in a way. Cause there wasn't a lot of blood and guts and gore and none of that stuff. It was very cerebral, very, you know, in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It had a, it had the perfect mix of not being so cerebral that you, when it's over, you're like, what, what just happened that wasn't scary because I don't understand it. You know, like right. sometimes there's movies that take it too far to where you're like, this this wasn't even scary because I didn't know what was going on. It's the, they strike the perfect balance between those two things. I love it. Yeah, so you had mentioned you were from Arizona, but now uh, Heather had uh, dropped the truth bomb on us and she said that yeah, she you, did. you guys are besties and you're going to be moving together. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I met Heather on the show, and we instantly, like, I, when I say instantly, I mean instantly connected. Like, we were standing on those mats in front of Nirvana, and I looked over at her, and I was like, we're the only two girls on, like, on, on this team. We have to stick together. And from that moment on, it, it was just, our, our friendship was just instant and incredible. And, yeah, we decided that the distance from Arizona to Colorado was just a little too much. So, yeah, we're... Uh, relocating which is so exciting i I, i'm so grateful for how positive king of the nerds has changed my life well that's great and like i said we're huge huge fans of the show i I, it's my weekly tradition on friday nights basically now because it used to not be on friday nights but now that they moved it to fridays (coughs) excuse me (coughs) goddamn emphysema anyway uh 
No, but it's it's my Friday night tradition now because basically either on Friday nights I'd come home and play video games. So I'll like take that nine to ten o'clock hour to stop and stop what I'm doing and watch King of the Nerds. Or it's my pre before I go out party. Like I'll be chilling at the house, yeah. watch King of the Nerds till ten, and then we leave for the bar at ten as soon as it's over and, and it go puts out. You a good mood for the rest of the night. That's oh, exactly. Great. It definitely puts me in the party mood as soon as I'm done watching that because it I've been a fan since season one I, I love the show and I, I love you guys and that's kind of why we're doing this interview and why we've interviewed other people from the show because with Happy Hour and Johnny and Deuce we just like to have a platform for you guys to come on and talk talk about what you're interested in like books talk about your blogs or whatever side projects you've got going we just want you guys to have an outlet to be able to talk and be able to promote yourselves and also not be Amanda, the reality show person. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you're in a reality show, you get painted in a certain way and in a certain light. And I don't like that. I, I'm a big believer that people are people. So I just like you guys to be able to come on here so you can kind of show who you really are and show your true colors. Because the sad thing is, is everything changes in the edit. You know what I mean? Like, Whatever happens on the show, sometimes they edit it to make it look different than it truly might have happened. So I like to you guys to be able to come on this show because there is no edit on our show. It's just it's real raw live radio, and we just like you to be you. I and I I love that, and you know uh, I I totally agree with you about how you know reality shows are given just such a small amount of time to edit. Yeah. what is hours and hours and days and days of footage into you with, with you know, 12 different people. And, you know, they, they, they want to narrow that down, but still. And um, I'm, I, I had no qualms whatsoever about going on to a reality show when it's King of the Nerds. And, you know, when I would tell, you know, my friends and family that I was about to go on a reality TV show, they, most of them were pretty worried. They were like, are you sure you want to do that? Aren't you worried about how you're going to be portrayed? Aren't you worried about, you know, the negative attention you're going to get. And I said, you know, if you sit down and watch the show, they, you know, for the most part, put nerds in such a positive light. And it really, you know, the aim of the show is to reward people for what they were made fun of for growing up. And I just can get, I can get behind that message 100%. And so I'm so grateful that I was cast, especially on this season, because I've connected so well with everyone. Like there's no one on this season that I have bad blood with. And that's just, you know, that's a gift that, it's incredible. You know, it's indescribable. It is. It truly is. And I've got to say, kind of like what you were saying, um, as a, a a reality show fan, I think King of the Nerds does the best job when it comes to presenting a show but making everybody look good in the edit. Because at the end of the yep. day, nobody looks like a train wreck. It's not, it's not keeping up with the Kardashians or something like that. Like, it's not something... Yeah. Where there's a heavy edit involved, like you, you really get to see kind of who you guys are. You not might not get the door all the way open, but you get a little peek. If that makes any sense, exactly. And that's really the best they can do with the time that they're given. Oh so, yeah, because you've got twelve personalities yeah. and you've only got an hour. So yep, yeah, exactly. Forty two minutes when you take out commercials. Yeah, so buddy. it's not work cut out for them, and I think they do a pretty good job. So, uh, Amanda, we really appreciate you taking, you know, some time on the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, can you please uh, plug your uh, Twitter handle again so people can uh, find you on the Internet? My Twitter, hand- yeah, my Twitter handle is Amanda Duh. So it's A-M-A-N-D-U-H-D-U-H. You can find me on Twitter there. 
Awesome. And we're going to be plugging your uh, plug- your uh, book blog. Uh, we're going to be plugging that. Uh, what What is uh, the link again? Yeah, yeah, you can find my book blog at um, appraisingpages.com. Awesome. Now, is there anything else you want to say before you uh, before you have to go? Uh, I don't think so. I'd like to remind everybody to enter the giveaways because it serves the dual purpose of promoting the show and getting uh, hashtag nerds rule trending on Twitter and then also you know, let's me share my love of books with everyone. So don't forget to do that um, every Friday. There's multiple ways to enter. So log in first thing and um, see what you can do to spread the love and then get rewarded for it too. I'm, re- I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. We love your show, which is King of the Nerds, which is on TBS at 9 o'clock every Friday. And also, anytime you come in the Orlando area, you give us a holler. Beers are on us for you and the hubby. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the season. Oh, I'm sure they will. And I just want to extend to you what we've extended to everybody else on the show. You have an open-door policy with the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. So if there's any time you've got anything you want to plug, you want to talk about, or you just want to come on and shoot the good old-fashioned bull with us, you just let us know and you can come anytime you like. All right, that sounds great, especially now that I know that you guys are bookworms. That's probably, and Paul probably talked your ear off, so that'll happen. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. And you, you, you and your family have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, you guys too. Thanks again. Bye-bye. You're Bye. welcome. Bye. Well, again, that was Amanda from King of the Nerds on TBS, which you can see every Friday, Friday at 9, 9 p.m. Yep. And don't forget to get the hashtag NerdsRule trending, because we want that trending worldwide. Set your time, circus, to Saturday, February 21st, as Main Street Bartow presents The Return of Sci-Fi Saturdays, 11 a.m. until 8.30 p.m. in downtown Bartow. Meet Paul Bradford of Ghost Hunters International, Space Ghost, Star Wars Club 501st, host of Happy Hour, Johnny and Deuce, USS Haven Star Trek Fan Club, Daytona Beach Ghostbusters, C, a life-size H.G. Wells time machine, Doctor Who's TARDIS, a Cylon Raider, and many more props. There will be vendors, costume contests, game shows, kids' activities, Doctor Who look-alike contest, featured movie on the lawn, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Broadcasting live all day will be 102.9 FM. Our sponsors are Stingray Chevrolet, Pyramid Fasteners, Tyndall Oliver, Bartow Chamber, and SLS Entertainment. Don't forget, that's February 21st, 11 a.m. to 8.30 in downtown Bartow. Oh, don't forget your sonic screwdriver. also our first episode on our very new soundboard too yes sir so uh the quality of course uh, is only going to get better with happy hour and johnny and deuce and that it is and we've also been doing a lot of twitch streaming lately too so if you haven't please follow us on twitch twitch.tv forward slash happy hour podcast and uh we're hit that very, follow button or hit that hit the follow button, button. follow and button then, yeah. yeah you hit that follow button and then you get on there and then on, on youtube subscribe to us as well don't forget to yeah hit that subscribe button because we need subscribers oh yeah definitely so we're very very excited this is like brand new venture for us here for the happy hour and johnny and deuce and we we wouldn't be doing this without you because this is a podcast made by fans for fans we're unabashed geeks and uh we we love it 
So, Deuce, um, I thought we would start off by talking about the uh, Battlefield Hardline beta. You got to check it out, right? Oh, yeah, but before we do any of that, we've always got to start off with a good old-fashioned Deuce salute. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah, man, that, that hardline beta, I was really, really impressed with because the alpha didn't really knock my socks off that much. I mean, it was nice and everything. Oh, it was nice and everything, but it wasn't – it needed polish. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And it seems like this is a lot more polished, plus they let us play a lot more levels. Because um, what they had unlocked is they had hot wire, heist, and then they had the Conquest Large, where the three different game modes that were gotcha. open. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, my favorite, to be honest with you, was the hot wire because basically what it was, it'd drop you in the map, and there'd be anywhere between six and eight cars, depending on the size of the map. Right. And you go steal the car. Yeah. And then you just drive it as long as you can, and it, that's kind of like your checkpoint. So instead of just doing a conquest where you take a specific point, mm-hmm. you get in the car, and that's a specific point. So other right. people are trying to destroy the car, other people are trying to steal the cars too. But it's interesting because instead of going to one objective point, it's a moving objective point, which I thought was really, really cool. It made it a lot, a lot of fun. Well, it's funny because you and I checked out the alpha. We did. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't really have a lot of experience with Battlefield, to be honest. So it's like, how would you compare? I know I know it's kind of easy to compare, but like, how would you compare Battlefield to something like Call of Duty? To be honest with you, it's completely different. Like it's it's almost like uh, comparing apples and oranges because yes, they're both shooters, but they're totally different. I call Call of Duty personally more like a Twitch shooter, where mm-hmm. it's you know it's very one on one. It's fast reflexes really win the matches more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but Battlefield takes a lot. It'd be like the difference between chess and checkers. Battlefield's definitely chess. You've, there's a lot more pieces moving. There's a lot more things going on. Plus, I also like to think of it as kind of like, remember when we were kids and we played with G.I. Joes? Oh, yeah. My, my favorite thing to do with G.I. Joes was play with the vehicles. Well, that's what you get in Battlefield. You get cars and helicopters and motorcycles, and that I really, really loved about the Battlefield. Um, the weapon selection wasn't the greatest, but I think it's only because they gave us just so few to play with. But... um I'm excited for the full release. To be honest with you, I was kind of... I knew I was going to buy it because it's Battlefield and I like shooters, but I wasn't like overly impressed. But now that I played the beta, I'm really, really impressed with how it looks, how it plays. Oh, the soundtrack is amazing on the game. They got some great, great music. So that's a lot, a lot of fun too. Now, this was an open beta, right? Like you didn't have to have like a, you didn't a have sign to have up or anything. anything. It was, it was the, just available on yeah. the store, right? It's the craziest beta I've ever seen because I've never seen a beta where you just went to the PlayStation store and just downloaded it. So it didn't matter like it didn't matter if you had a pre-order, it didn't matter if you were in the alpha. You just went to the store and downloaded it and played it. And I think the reason they did it in my opinion I don't know if you remember the controversy about Battlefield 4 when it came out. There were so many lag problems. Oh, yeah. You, you still, people issues. still can't play online. Yeah. So. so I believe, in my opinion, they did this and gave it away free to be a gigantic stress test. Be like, how many people can we have on these servers and they still run? And knock on wood, I had zero problems when I played. I never had a, a, a log a lag problem. I never had a problem like the game dropping me or it crashing or anything like that. It ran smooth. Unlike the 
the Evolve beta when you played the Evolve beta. Oh, yeah. That Evolve beta was, oh, God, that was bad. Speaking was of bad. Evolve, um, yeah. you just picked up Evolve. I did. I did just pick up Evolve. So what did you think about it? You got a few hours into it. This I is did, early impressions. Early impressions. We'll call this first impressions. First impressions. Yeah. Not a full-on review. First impressions of Evolve by yeah. Deuce. My first impressions were, to be 100% honest, I like how it plays. It plays really, really smooth, but it's one of those things where you really need friends to play with you because when you're playing as the monster, you're okay. And that's, to be honest with you, that's my favorite thing to do is play as the monster because I don't have to worry about anybody else. But when you're playing as the hunter, the four of you have to work as a cohesive unit. If not, it's just you're toast. You're just going to get demolished. Um, Did you ha- do you have to be a part of a party to talk with people or, or is no it- no not okay. at all like basically what would happen is I would pick what game I wanted it would drop me in a game and then it would show everybody's name down at the bottom yeah and then it'll tell you like are they playing the monster are they what are they playing as and there would be a little microphone symbol next to him so you know who had mics and a couple of times I got into matches with guys that had mics and that was cool. Um, but I'm not gonna lie. There was a majority of the games I played where nobody had a mic, and it's it's just like control chaos because you can play it and kind of figure out what you're doing without like coordinating and an attack. But it's a hundred times harder than if you were all using mics and saying, "Oh, he's over there. Somebody lay down this mine. Somebody put up the force field. Somebody right. do this, do that." You know, it, you can figure it out, but it's tough. So that's why I tried to stick with a monster. The only thing about the game that's scaring the shit out of me, this game is DLC crazy. Like, I pulled up the store, and they're already selling the season pass for the Hunters. They're going to have a season pass for the monsters, so you can buy more monsters. But they already had skins for the guns and skins for the monsters. So it's like, hey, pay 3 bucks and you get a new skin for each one of your monsters. Or, hey, pay $4, and you get a new skin for each of these weapons for, for your Hunter, or each of these weapons for your Trapper, or each of these weapons for you know whatever class it was and that scares me now the good news is it's not pay to play it's all right now cosmetic but i know they said they're going to give you all the maps for free when they release new maps like say you buy it johnny they're going to give you all the maps for free but if you want new hunters or new monsters you have to pay for those right so it's kind of like they're giving you some of it for free but like i can tell you right now I haven't bought the Hunter Pack yet, but I'm probably going to break down and buy it at some point because I know I'm going to want more Hunters. Yeah. And same thing with Monsters. I'm going to want more Monsters when they come out because the game is a lot of fun. Like It has not left my PS4 since I picked it up Tuesday afternoon. Nice. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I don't expect it will leave until maybe when 1880 the order, or 1886 the order comes out. Right. It might pop out. That comes out, out soon, too. That comes it? out actually next, next Friday. Next Friday. So, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of Sony, they um, they did very well this last quarter. Let's see, I'm looking at the notes here. They they uh, 6.4 million consoles sold in the last quarter, That's which good. is really good because you think about it. Microsoft did that that price drop as well. Because you see, the price drop came back. It it, it came back. Yeah, yeah it was it, in eight days. They turned around and they dropped it again. And yeah. Now I guess they're going to keep it that way. I but they, they sold six point six million units uh, in that first quarter of two thousand fifteen. Oh, yeah. So they were selling a lot. So they were doing really well. Well, the uh, other thing is because like right after Christmas, you remember they had they did the price drop, and then after Christmas they kicked it up back to four hundred. Now I would only say within the past three four weeks they dropped it back down to three fifty. And here's my thinking: it's tax time. 
people are getting their tax returns back. So, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Actually. So Microsoft's like, that. dude, if we knock it down fifty bucks, because think about it, if it's four hundred dollars, it means either a, um, I can get a PS4, or b, I can get a Microsoft Xbox One. And there's probably people going, you know what? I'll go ahead and get the Microsoft Xbox One because it's cheaper. And like I said, with it being tax time, I kind of think maybe that's why it was. And who knows? In a in a little bit, I've got a feeling it'll go back up to four hundred. I don't think it's going to stay at you know. Well, it's funny during this like there was a lot of people out there before this current console generation that people thought that console gaming was dead. Like everyone's going PC, you know, Valve's done an amazing thing with Steam, and Steam is just growing into this huge thing. And there's a lot of Twitch streamers out there that use Steam and whatnot. But it's funny because people voting with their wallet. You know, we've said from day one, dude, like to vote with your wallet. And oh yeah, and so it's like people are buying consoles still. Like it's crazy, and this is not even thinking about the about the uh, you know European market because you know you look over in Japan and whatnot. Like Japan's not even really the people in Japan aren't even really buying PS4s and Xbox Ones yet. Yeah, they're still you know they're doing more. It's more mobile in that market over yeah. there. You know, 3DSs and Vitas and yeah. mobile gaming and whatnot. So like they haven't even really made that jump yet from PS3 to PS4. All this is pretty much done is in the West yeah. where we are. Yeah. So we're the ones that are pretty much single-handedly, you know, keeping all these systems going. So uh, I, I think I never they, even thought about that. Yeah. So and it's, you know, and Nintendo, you know, they. I don't know with. I love Nintendo. We talk about them a lot on the show, and you know how they're in our DNA and whatnot. And they're closing their Club Nintendo program. Did you hear about that? Yeah, you had said something about that. But what about like I know you had like a ton of. Club yeah, so, so they the they deal? essentially they're they're gonna the club Nintendo's been around what four or five years I forget how long but they're essentially every time you'd buy something for example if you aren't a club Nintendo member you buy something from Nintendo and there would be like a code on there like a serial right, code right. and I think we mentioned this before in another episode but you would use it to you know redeem coins you get coins that are like virtual currency used to buy Stuff, products yeah. yeah so now they're gonna be closing I think as of June I think is when they're shut shut and shop there. Uh, but I am a Platinum member two years in a row, which means I get a, a very special Platinum reward being right. Club Nintendo, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but they have like 100 games they just lay and they launch that you can use your coins on. So uh, I went and actually ended up getting posters uh, because I thought we could spruce up our studio with some posters. Oh, that'd uh, be like cool. a duck hat frame dog, them. Yeah. frame them, and it'd be really cool. So I'm getting some exclusive Club Nintendo posters oh, that we'll have cool. for uh, on the happy hour. And then live we can stream. buy some frames and yep. do it. So. Anybody out there have a framing business, you hit us up over here yep. at, at hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll throw some business your way. Yep, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so what they're going to end up doing is they're going to be doing a new service some sort of loyalty program. I'm not sure exactly what it yeah. is, but I think it's going to be all digital because here's the problem right now. Sony, ha- Sony, uh, Nintendo hasn't really developed that mobile market yet. Like they have, no. there's not a Nintendo app for your no. phones. Like they need to do something that, you know, you can go on and buy stuff from, your, you know, like you yeah. go to, you right now, you can go to Sony or, and go onto the shop and buy stuff immediately and have it download yeah. to your PS4, yeah. like from your app, from your phone. Yeah. We talked to, to Jason about this uh, a few weeks ago and he would, he didn't even know about that. And it's awesome. So I, I think Nintendo really needs to kind of have, they need to A, have their own store online. For sure. 
imagine the whole amiibo debacle that we've been talking about. If they had, can just buy them directly from Nintendo on their right. shop online instead of having to go through all these Target and Amazon and Best well, Buy. Well, also Walmart. you got to remember that they make more money if they cut out the middleman. They sure do. They don't have to worry about shipping exactly. costs and all that stuff. They make and, a lot more money if and, they're shipping it directly. And they'd to have you. to produce all of the advertising they put in the stores for shelves. Exactly. I mean, they have to print all that stuff out. So I. I think Nintendo really, you know, I think they, I think they really need to kind of jump into the new wave, you know, of of the of the technology there. So. Well, let me ask you this question because, like you said, the Club Nintendo's ending. Um, if they do the new program um, and it's digital games, are you going to be happy about that? Because it, that means technically you'll still be getting some free games that you can download for your Wii U. And I don't mind the digital in games the, in theory, right? I, I liked having the physical rewards though, because they were like something you can hang on your wall or your yeah. mantle and stuff like that. I'm going to miss that, but I mean, heck, I mean, if they're going to, if I'm, gonna, I'm already going to be buying Nintendo stuff anyways, so if yeah. I'm going to be getting free stuff out of it, I'm not going to really. It's complain. a win-win, yeah. and, and a lot of the stuff. You've probably already seen if you are a follower at HH Podcast Show on Twitter. We actually have been giving out a bunch of codes lately for different games. We and whatnot. have, we have. So, and that's all thanks to my uh, Club Nintendo rewards. I've been giving out some codes. So definitely keep on tap if you're a fan of video games. We know people. We got the connections, the hookups for giving out free games and stuff. So definitely check it out uh, on a regular basis. We'll be uh, you know doing some code giveaways. So um, check sure. it out soon. Uh, we we had a big response from a Monster Hunter Four code giveaway that we got from Nintendo, so that was really that was really cool. Uh, also, man, those amiibos are still hard to get. <laughs> I tell you, yeah. they're uh, they've five point seven million worldwide, right? Um, wow. Two point six million in the U.S. alone they've sold. So that's a lot. So Nintendo, so America is really helping out this whole amiibo situation. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. And also, did you hear about the new gold and silver Mario amiibo? No. <laughs> Take a look at this. Uh, there's a gold and silver Mario amiibo uh, that they just got leaked on some website. We're not sure if it's legit, but it looks pretty legit. Yeah. Now you get gold and platinum membership at the end if you're a gold or a platinum club member. Some people are assuming that this is amiibo you get in a club exclusive, exclusive only. Since they're gonna shut down Club Nintendo, yeah, I I say why yeah, not? You yeah. know, I mean, there's the silver one right there. But I was just like, well, that'd be really cool. Yeah, you know? if they sent you that as a hey, thank you for being a club Nintendo. I would totally be so long. totally be into that. So. Uh, and then, of course, Nintendo's doing decent. I mean, uh, Hyrule Warriors actually sold a million copies in the U.S. Wow, that actually so, is a lot better than I thought. Yeah, so, I didn't think it was going to sell that well, to be perfectly honest. Well, it's funny because like people are like, you know, forgetting about Nintendo. It's like Nintendo, when they put out a title, it is a AAA high-quality yeah. product, and they sell really well when they sell. The problem is... They're not. There's not a lot of third-party support, so we've been saying that since day one. So hopefully, we can figure that out. Well, actually, that brings me to a good point because we were talking about tax returns, things like that. Uh, I might have come into a little windfall of money, let's say, and uh, I was thinking of either getting an Xbox One or a Wii U. And I'm not gonna lie, at the moment Wii U was kind of winning that little neck and neck battle, just because of the mere fact that I really. I really like the games they have. The first-party games are amazing. Now, like you said, that's the thing that's holding me back. There's no third-party support. Like, basically, you're only going to get Nintendo games for your Wii U, period. Every once in a blue moon, somebody might put something out. But for the most part, it's just Nintendo games. That's why I'm I'm excited, and I think we'll go ahead and make the announcement here. We are going to live Twitch stream E3. As a happy, oh yeah, as happy hour and Johnny induced. So you guys mark it on your calendar and be yeah. ready for that. It's going to be exciting. We'll it be, is. We'll be. We'll literally be. The camera will be on us yeah. while we're watching 
it will actually probably have a video feed. What we should do is have a video feed of the video uh, link so people can go to the link so they okay. can check it out. Because we can't host the video you, you on our page, on but our we page. can have a link to the video. What That's we'll do is terrific. we'll put a link yeah. right on our page that says, hey, click here to go view, but we can't actually show it because of copyright issues. We can't actually show the video on our page, but we'll have a link that you can click to go to it. So even if you're like, where is the D3 at? We'll have the link yeah. for you. Uh, but we'll, it'll just be our reaction watching and we'll be discussing it as we're watching it, which I think will be amazing. Even before the happy hour got started, you and I discussed like, hey, that'd we, be cool. That's something we, we need to do. something we can do. Yeah. And now that we've got you know all this nice equipment now, we can set everything up. You can um, you know do everything and that'd be exciting. So definitely mark your calendars for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. But get back to that point. I think what I've decided I'm going to do with the little windfall is sit on it and then wait until after E3, and basically be like, "All right, Microsoft, a Wii U, knock me out the park. Whichever one of you does something that's going to knock me out the park gets my money, and get, and I'll buy your system." So I'm hoping maybe Wii U drops some crazy titles at E3. Well, you know what's coming in 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 the future. You've of course you've got the new Zelda coming out, yeah. new Star Fox coming out. All these awesome titles are coming out this year. They're coming out this year. So there's a few few games coming out that I'm definitely excited for. Um, Splatoon looks really cool as well. Um, but so, yeah, just definitely keep, keep an eye out. Um, E3, we'll definitely be talking more about that. For sure. And like I said, I'm kind of putting the ball in their court to see what Microsoft does. Because I'm not going to lie, I kind of think Microsoft's going to do something crazy and off the wall at E3. I, I, I wouldn't want to put money on it, but I got a feeling that because you know the new Halo is coming out Christmas, that they're going to drop the news of the new Gears of War and maybe a couple other of their big AAA titles dropping. Um, and if they if they really knock my socks off, the money may end up going to them. Because uh, that's the only thing. How much is a Wii U now? Uh, it's 300 bucks. So for $50 more, I can get an Xbox One, basically. So Yeah. So I, it's kind of in their court of what they want to do. So, yeah, I mean, there's see. already a pretty big uh, catalog of amazing games for the Wii U. You also got to keep that in mind as well. Um, and yeah, because the Wii U did, knock on wood, got a jump start on everybody. Yeah, they were out. Yeah, yeah, they were out longer. Um, and also, I've got all the amazing games I can download on the virtual console, which this is, is awesome. Yeah, and of course, stay tuned for that because we're 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 going to be diving into some amazing uh, Twitch streams here, a Let's yeah. Play. So yeah. keep an eye. Like I said, Twitch.tv forward slash happy hour podcast and we're going to take a small break and when we get back we're going to talk about the demise of radio shack and we're back with a happy hour with johnny and deuce so johnny what else has been going on in the world of the news well radio shack they're closing their doors sir Good old Radio Shack. To be honest with you, I'm actually surprised this hasn't happened sooner. Well, you know, re- growing up, Radio Shack was the geek place like to go to. Like, if you needed a cable for something or you needed, like, splicers, if you needed any sort of audio-video cable, I'd always go to Radio Shack because there were cheap prices. You go in and out, and Knowledgeable you're done. staff. And the stores weren't very big, so you know what you're finding? You're not, like, bombarded by all this extra upsell stuff. Junk, yeah. yeah, so you just go in, get it out, and you're done. But anyways, they, they filed for bankruptcy uh, recently, uh, last week actually, and what's going to happen is Sprint is actually going to buy out half of the stores. 
So you know the Sprint stores. Right, right. So Sprint's going to buy out the, rem- the half of them, and then the other half are just going to be closing down. So, so. what's going to happen with the one Sprint's buy? Did they, are they going to turn it into just just turn them into stores? Sprint stores? Yeah. Okay. So they said that between fifteen and twenty four hundred of its stores were turned into a uh, Sprint store. Okay. They have about four thousand stores. So, and uh, yeah, so that I don't know. Part of me feels sad because, like I said, it's more of a nostalgic thing because like. I, I just remember going, my dad and I growing up, we would be like, all right, well, we need this cable. We got like a new TV for the living room. Oh, where are we going to go? We don't Radio go all check, the way yeah. to Walmart and deal with all the hustle and bustle of stuff. So you don't want to go, you know, they didn't really have targets at that time. So we were like, all right, let's just go down. Your radio shacks are usually on the corner, every corner. You go down there and get it and you're out. I loved it. It was so easy. Yeah. But now it's just kind of like, I don't know, the little nostalgia in me kind of feels sad about it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on it. Um, but I do see. I mean, they they can't really. You have all the you online businesses and all the online places. Best Buy and yeah. Amazon. I mean, you can go on and just. I mean, even the happy hour at Johnny and Deuce. We we the, the, the we saw the writing on the wall. I mean, yeah. we. I mean, a lot of our stuff that we have, we we bought. We you know, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. I mean, you you can't beat those prices and the shipping. Two day free shipping. Free. Insane, um, man. Yeah, I mean, plus we got the new one here in Polk yep. County, the distribution center, so stuff gets here even quicker. really fast. Yeah. yeah, so it's just it, it, like you said, the writing was on the wall. I mean, you, a lot, of, actually, a lot of brick and mortar stores. We talked about GameStop in a couple episodes ago. You know about how it's going to be difficult for GameStop. You know, once you know things go digital, all yeah. digital. So um, I don't know. Uh, any of you guys uh, remember your fond Radio Shack memories? Uh, definitely send us a line uh, hhpodcastshow at gmail dot com. So. Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention about our Sony discussion. So we, it's a little bit of older news, but I, I wanted to talk about it and get your input on it. Spotify is merged with Sony. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, because before, if you wanted to listen to music on your PS3 or PS4, you had this crappy Sony music store. It was horrible. Like, I, I got a free 30-day trial to check it out, and it was just Garbage. awful. It was, they didn't have everything. And when and they their biggest caveat was like the biggest stick was that you could play games and listen to music at the same time and it never worked it was always laggy always chugging along, but my wife and I we're big Spotify users like we we've yeah. been we've been adopting Spotify since the beginning, and we're you know the premium members so we pay a monthly subscription and we use Spotify every single day, and now being able to I think March is March the middle of March is when they're going to be launching it, so it's like. Once they launch that, it's going to be amazing because then I can be like, hey, even if we're just hanging out in the living room and we're like, hey, let's listen to some music, we don't have to like dick around with our phones and try to hook it to Bluetooth. We can just go straight straight to to it. it. Yeah, and then we can just sign in, boom, we're done. I I love it, and I I hope it's going to be a a benefit for both Sony and for Spotify. Hopefully it'll attract some more people for Spotify as well as, you know, getting some more traction there because, you know, there wasn't really much going on with the music front for the original Sony Music Online. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm stoked. So I can't wait for March when that app comes out. Hopefully, you know, it works okay. We'll see. And of course... Thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode of the Happy Hour, Johnny and Deuce. Deuce, there's several ways people can find us on the internet. There is. You can hit us up at you hit us up at HH Podcast Show. Also, you can hit us up on Gmail, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, we're doing this whole YouTube phenomenon now um, and Twitch. So you can find us at youtube.com forward slash happy hour podcast. And as well on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash happy hour podcast. And where else are we at, Deuce? We're all over the place. Facebook as well, facebook.com yeah. forward slash happy hour podcast show. 
Uh, definitely find us out on there um, and just send us a line because we want to do our second mailbag episode. We're looking forward to doing that for as well. For sure, for so, sure. And uh, we're to give us some feedback as well because, like I said, we're trying some new things, new new equipment, audio equipment. We're going to be doing. We have a new camera and doing all kinds of new Twitch stuff. Streams, so, Twitch streams, all kinds streams. of new stuff. So definitely hit us up and tell everyone about us. And uh, of course, this is only grown organic. We haven't really done a lot of advertising, so we've been we've been fortunate enough to have some amazing sponsors uh, along the way. And uh, of course. Definitely hit us up on our email, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. If you're looking to be a sponsor, I'll tell you what, nobody's going to get you more bang for the buck than we are, and nobody's going to give you more hands-on uh, treatment than the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. We're going to get you the best dad possible, and we're going to get you to the most people as possible, and we're definitely going to make sure that we hit your demographic and get the right markets for you. So just hit us up, like I said, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us at HH Podcast Show. There's not one, but two, but three ways you can hear about us, Deuce, on the Happy Hour there with Johnny is. and Deuce. It's hashtag Happy, Happy Hour Podcast, podcast hashtag HH Podcast Show, and, and hashtag, hashtag Deuce is on the, on the loose. loose. Later. See ya.